Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today, I'll be reading a poem by Longfellow named Katanabia, subtitled Lake of Como. As the subtitle suggests, Katanabia is a resort town on the shore of Lake Como. Lake Como is a long, deep lake, well over a thousand feet deep, nestled in the Italian Alps. It has been thought by many, not just Longfellow, to be the loveliest of all lakes, for its natural beauty, but also for the beauty of the interwoven human world, the villas and boats and villages, including Cadenabia. Longfellow visited Lake Como with his five children, then aged 12 to 24, his brother and two sisters, a daughter-in-law, and his brother-in-law, Thomas Appleton, with whom he remained close after the death of his wife, Fanny, and a governess for the younger girls, in the summer of 1868, part of a 15-month tour of Europe. In Cadenabia, Longfellow recalls a quiet stroll that took him to the Villa Carlotta, which he calls by the name of its former owner, Samariva. With its tree-shaded walkways, extensive gardens, and wide marble steps that go down to the water, as well as its extensive art collection, the Villa Carlotta is today, as it was then, a place of refreshing beauty. Let's join Longfellow as he whiles a day's idle hours away. Cadenabia, Lake of Como, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow no sound of wheels or hoofbeats breaks the silence of the summer day, as by the loveliest of all lakes I while the idle hours away. I stroll the leafy colonnade, where level branches of the plain above me weave a roof of shade impervious to the sun and rain. At times a sudden rush of air flutters the lazy leaves overhead, and gleams of sunshine toss and flare like torches down the path I tread. By Somariva's garden gate, I make the marble stairs my seat, and hear the water as I wait, lapping the steps beneath my feet. The undulation sinks and swells along the stony parapets, and far away the floating bells tinkle upon the fisher's nets. Silent and slow, by tower and town, the freighted barges come and go, their pendant shadows gliding down by town and tower, submerged below. The hills sweep upward from the shore, with villas scattered one by one upon their wooded spurs and lower Bellagio blazing in the sun. And dimly seen, a tangled mass of walls and woods of light and shade stands beckoning up the Stelvio Pass, Verena with its white cascade. I ask myself, is this a dream? Will it all vanish into air? Is there a land of such supreme and perfect beauty anywhere? Sweet vision, do not fade away. Linger until my heart shall take into itself the summer day and all the beauty of the lake. Linger 
until upon my brain is stamped an image of the scene, then fade into air again, and be as if thou hadst not been. By the end of the 18th century, the United States of America had separated itself from Europe, and with that separation came a question. Are we inferior to Europe? Europeans certainly thought we were. Europe had great cities, universities, museums, artists, and poets. To stand up to these, what did we have? A new system of government, yes, but what was to eventually become our chief pride hadn't yet proven itself worthy of bragging rights. Europe had culture, and we did not. But we had something Europe had long since lost, nature, that is, the absence of culture. And so this would become our claim. Our first contribution to world literature was Cooper's Natty Bumpo, Pathfinder, Deerslayer, Leatherstocking. And when we Americans read Cadnabia, I think the Natty Bumpo in us rises up. Marble steps are no seat from which to enjoy nature. We must have rocky shores and grassy banks. Yet in truth, rocks and grass aren't all that comfortable to sit on for any long period of time. Grass is damp and rocks are, well, rocky. If we were to while away some idle hours as the water laps, as the undulations sink and swell and the boats slowly go by from left and right, marble steps serve much better. This isn't to say Longfellow had no feeling for nature. He did, and we feel it here. But he had little Natty Bumpo, real or affected, in him. But the marble steps aren't all that challenge the American reader or listener. More than we are people of nature, for we hardly are anymore, we are busy people. We shouldn't be idling hours away at all, whether sitting on marble steps or on a mossy bank. We shouldn't be wasting our time, even on a vacation. We should be doing things, consuming things, improving ourselves. We shouldn't even be reading poetry if there aren't deep meanings difficult to grasp that will make us better human beings. We should be stressed even when we're relaxing. We shouldn't be gazing up the Stelvio Pass. We should be riding our bikes up its steep and winding road. We shouldn't content ourselves with beauty. That's, well, that's for Europeans. Longfellow, though, doesn't have this American Puritan strain any more than he has America's insecure chauvinism, which must declare whatever we have is best just because it's ours. America has much that's good for the world to enjoy and admire and emulate but Italy still might have the loveliest of all lakes and villas to admire and enjoy. And beauty might be essential to our souls, however much our proudly busy, uncultured society is adamant against it. So let's enjoy the beauty of Catanabia again. Catanabia, Lake of Como, by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. No sound of wheels or hoofbeat breaks the silence of the summer day, as by the loveliest of all lakes I while the idle hours away.
I stroll the leafy colonnade where level branches of the plain above me weave a roof of shade impervious to the sun and rain. At times a sudden rush of air flutters the lazy leaves o'erhead, and gleams of sunshine toss and flare like torches down the path I tread. By Samariva's garden gate I make the marble stairs my seat, and hear the water as I wait, lapping the steps beneath my feet. The undulation sinks and swells along the stony parapets, and far away the floating bells tinkle upon the fisher's nets. Silent and slow, by tower and town, the freighted barges come and go, their pendant shadows gliding down by town and tower submerged below. The hills sweep upward from the shore, with villas scattered one by one upon their wooded spurs and lower Bellagio blazing in the sun. And dimly seen, a tangled mass of walls and woods, of light and shade, stands beckoning up the Stelvio Pass, Verena with its white cascade. I ask myself, is this a dream? Will it all vanish into air? Is there a land of such supreme and perfect beauty anywhere? Sweet vision, do not fade away. Linger until my heart shall take into itself the summer day and all the beauty of the lake. Linger until upon my brain is stamped an image of the scene, then fade into the air again and be as if thou hadst not been. The poem itself is evidence that Lake Como did remain in Longfellow's heart and brain because he gave himself the time to take it all in. I hope that you'll have a chance to relax and enjoy some refreshing beauty this summer, whether in nature or culture, or as in Cadenabia, in nature and culture interwoven. And as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.